All right. Good morning, brothers and sisters. I said good morning, brothers and sisters. It's good to be together with the North OC family. We have our Spanish ministry in the house. Amen. Vamos. Or is it vamonos? Orele. We could do orele. There you go. We have our college student ministry. We have our professionals and our family ministry. It's good to be together. Amen. And I, I too did have a great time at our camping trip last weekend. Again, we want to thank Will and Janine Artechi for doing a great job there. Fantastic. And I heard about the great services that we had in our local uh, uh, park services over with the, at Pearson Park, Grijalva Park, and Craig Park, yes. And I heard those were great times as well. And I uh, want to also acknowledge those who can't be with us in person, who are worshiping with us online. Thank you so much for joining us. We pray that we can see your lovely faces here uh, next week. And so we are going to have a great time today. Amen. And so I don't think it was mentioned, but we are having our annual, well, our inaugural North OC Volleyball Tournament today. Amen. We are so excited about that. And I see some people are ready. You came ready to play, and I see some people who might injure themselves. Okay, so I hope we have, uh, Janine is, is a nurse. Hopefully you brought some ice uh, packs and some bandage wraps and all that good stuff for those of us who might hurt ourselves out there. But it will be a good time. And so we will see who will win the final competition of our North OC Olympic Games today. As we will have the Family Ministry Adults, we will have the Spanish Ministry. Nobody represents like Clementina, you know what I'm saying? If you ever need somebody to introduce you or you coming up on stage, you want her to be a fan of you, okay? So you be in good grace there with her, all right? Then we have our student ministry comprised of our college and high school students. And then last but not least, headed up by Rava, our professionals ministry, amen. Now they might have an advantage because Rava is the chairman of, of, the, of the games here today and she's the team captain. So we do need to check to make sure she's not cheating for their team, okay? And so the eligibility, what did you say? Eligibility issues there. There you go. And uh, we want to. We, we are so excited to have this time here today. Right now, we're going to uh, dig a little bit into God's word, and really, I think, perhaps, the main message that God wants you to hear today will actually not come from me, but will come maybe from you or the person sitting next to you because we're going to have a number of questions and we're going to have you guys elaborate and again that might be the message god wants you to hear today and then i'm just going to share just a couple quick bullet point observations to go along with whatever it is that you guys have spoken about all right amen so let's go ahead and let's pray and then we'll get into our word here today. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this chance to be together. God, just singing. Uh, God, I just been, I was so encouraged, God, just to be here with my brothers and sisters, to look out and to see the faces, to see uh, the memories that have been shared and built here, uh, not just last week, but through the years. And God, to uh, have this opportunity to sing out to you. God, even singing with my son there as he was singing out, uh, uh, trying to sing out the words, God, that just brought so much uh, 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 to, to, to joy to my heart. 
And God, right now, I pray that your word may be communicated, that, that you, Lord, will speak through and to every one of us. God, that we hear the message you want us to hear today. God, so that we can not only continue in the faith, but draw closer to you and closer to one another and see your vision be realized in our lives and in the generations after. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, turn over in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And again, my name is Marcel Hall. Honored to speak here. Have the privilege of being one of the ministers here in the North OC Church. If you're visiting here with us today, we're so grateful to have you and for you to be part of our church family today. And so we are concluding our sermon series that we've been doing for the last, uh, this will be the fifth week here now, called Beyond the Gold. And for the kids who are here and you're taking, you're tallying down the word of the day is legacy. The word of the day is legacy. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, this has been our theme verse for this sermon series. And actually was an Olympic uh, 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 challenge for us throughout the week to memorize. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 24 through 27. Is there any bold soul that wants to get up and, and, and recite 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27? Do we have a bold soul that would like to do that today? There will be extra points for your team in the, in, in the volleyball tournament. You will go ahead and start off with a 2-0 lead if you go ahead and recite 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 24 through 27. Do we have any bold souls there? Amen. Everybody is, is false, falsely modest today. Amen. Okay, so we'll go ahead and read 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 27. This is served as our theme scripture. It says, Do you not know that in the race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Everyone, I mean, excuse me, run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it. To get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. And we see in this passage again, this idea that our walk with God, our faith, is similar to the Olympic Games in which we must go into training, in which there is a competition, and the way we compete is vital. And that there is a victory and a legacy that will come afterwards. And so as we looked over the last several weeks, we've talked about the dream. And how God has a dream for our lives as a collective unit, as a body of Christ. But he also has dreams for us individually. And our response is to pursue and seek his dreams for our lives. Not pursue our own dreams, but to pursue and seek his dreams. Then the next week we talked about training. And how God uses circumstances, sometimes hard, to train us for something greater. And that also we need to seek training in our lives. We need to have individuals in our lives to help us to be able to get to that point. Just like the Olympians, they all had coaches. If you've been watching this week, they've all had coaches who have helped them. Whether they've actually probably, maybe in some instances, a whole lot better than their coaches ever were physically. But they needed the coaching to reach the pinnacle. Then we talked about training, I mean, uh, uh, competing, and how really it's a spiritual battle that we are in, and the competition is fierce, and we must compete to win. Not just compete because we're just happy to be there. You know, I used to watch American Idol, 
And when somebody would mess up really bad, they would front and they would be like, oh, I'm just happy to be up here singing. No, you're not. Because you would have stayed your butt at home and sang on your couch. You, you, you are trying to win. And so in spiritually, we are trying to make sure we win this spiritual battle. Amen. And then we talked about the victory and then how God is victorious. And the victory is for us to be a blessing to others. And this week we'll talk about legacy. And so again, the word of the day for all the kids taking notes is legacy. And so we're going to go ahead here, and uh, here's what I'd like for you to do here, all right? Let's just go ahead and uh, start off with some good discussion here. If you were a real-life Olympian, let's say you were over in Tokyo right now, and you won the gold medal, share in groups of threes, fours, and fives right around you, how would you feel, and what would you do after winning the gold medal? So go ahead and, and take some time right now, share. How would you feel, and what would you do after winning the gold medal? Okay. All right. So now that we've entered the fantasy world, and you know, we, we failed to mention, I, I keep forgetting every week, but we actually had a, a sister in Christ from our local LA congregation. If you've heard there, uh, McLaughlin was, Sydney. Sydney McLaughlin won the, she won two gold medals. Uh, at the Olympics there, the 400-meter hurdles, and then the uh, relay for the 4x400 uh, relay team there. And I saw a post last night, and boy, she represented for the Lord. And so we should be very proud of our sister in Christ, and she's blowing up right now. She's on commercials and all that. So pray for her, but that was so cool to see that. And uh, she, uh, she actually grew up in the church over in New Jersey, but actually got baptized as an adult after already being a track star and athlete uh, over in the uh, L.A. Uh, uh, Westside ministry over there, actually with Kyle's uh, parents there. Uh, who, who, she's in their ministry over there. So, all right. Now, I want you to answer this question. What is the legacy for Olympians who win the gold? Like, we, we, we exited fantasy world. Now we're back in reality, okay? So those who have just won there, what's the legacy like for these Olympians who win gold? So go ahead, Beth, go ahead and discuss that uh, in groups of fours and fives there.
All right. So now, we all realize that there's some form of a legacy that's held for the Olympi uh, Olympians who win a gold. Now, again, we're talking about legacy when it comes to our faith. So we're talking about spiritual legacy now. So now, answer this question. What comes to mind when you think of a spiritual legacy? What comes to mind when you think of a spiritual legacy? Go ahead and discuss And those who are online, go ahead and put in the chat. You can go ahead and put in the chat online the answers to these questions. All right, I'll give you about one more minute there, one more minute. Okay.
All right, let's get a couple of people to share briefly either something that you shared or something that one of the your partners shared about uh, when it comes to spiritual legacy. So let's get a couple of people to uh, go ahead and share some of the things that were expressed there. So let's go ahead. Who wants to start us off here? Okay, Alan, could you stand up, please? mind is when people have a long-lasting impact like something that their maybe their faith or conversations that you had changed us I re you remember those people uh, and how they've impacted you and then other other people I guess okay so come to mind a long-lasting impact whether it be a conversation or occurrence in which they remember really changed them okay that's good let's go ahead and give some claps and snaps there all right here we go all right Maricela So thinking about the spiritual legacy in our homes, right, with our kids, the next generation, what are they seeing? Are they inspired by our faith or more discouraged and dissuaded from the faith there? Okay, all right, let's take that. All right, come on. All right, Mr. Orr. I think the people we study with, the people we bring out, I mean, to some degree, I'm the legacy of Eric Ennis and Chris Colossi and Robert Brockler, the guys who studied the Bible with me, and then the people I study with and the people I impact and disciple Again, it just keeps carrying on and on and on down through. Like, you know, it's a spiritual genealogy. All right. You guys probably heard Mr. Orr. Nobody, nobody has a voice like John Orr. You know what I mean? I get intimidated. I don't like going and speaking after John Orr. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, man, I better do something with my voice. But um, talked about basically spiritual genealogy there, right? Those that uh, we... They either helped us become Christians or we help others to become Christians there. Okay, all right, last one. Timmy, go ahead. I think uh, what Andy shared was he will, he's not sure what kind of legacy he left. He's going to leave here. And he was thinking about that. So I want you guys to encourage him, you know. <laughs> all right. Of how big of an impact he had, they have been with us. All right, all right. Thank you very much, there. All right, talking about Andy, it was, you know, thinking about his spiritual legacy. As you know, the Willards are moving. Um, next Sunday is their last su Sunday service here with us. And so even this idea, the concept is, is prevalent right now for him. Okay, what kind of legacy have I left here in Orange County? And there is a legacy there for the Willards. You'll be deeply missed. And, in fact, you can still stay. Okay, all right, you can still stay. Uh, I believe Dallas and the campus household has an extra bed for you. All right, so you can fit all four of your family in there. You guys can make it work. In fact, I think they're looking for a household. So you, there you go. You can work it out. All right. Turn over in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 50. Genesis chapter 50. Again, we have some more discussion. Again, I believe that God probably or maybe perhaps what he wants to do is actually have you receive whatever message from the discussions. And so, again, we're going to read something. I'm going to have you discuss, and then I'm going to share some brief observations with us here. So we have to recap here. Those who have been with us throughout the whole series, it's good to remember. But then also those who maybe uh, came later in our series here. We've been studying out uh, the Genesis, basically 37 through 50, and looking at God's work through the life of Joseph. And so Joseph, when he was 17 years old, so he was a teenager, 
When he was 17 years old, he receives this dream. And so they, they understand this is a divine uh, occurrence here. And, and, but Joseph doesn't really interpret it right or he doesn't understand. Nobody fully understands what God is putting on his heart, what he is about to do. His brothers hate him. There's some serious sibling rivalry that takes place so much that they they sell him to slavery and uh, he goes and, and he just has really a raw deal set up for him. He goes and he's he's he's, he's a servant and slave for for this uh, captain of the guard there for the Egyptian army. He's then falsely accused of trying to take by force the, uh, Potiphar is his name, his wife. So he's falsely accused. He runs off. He goes to jail. In jail, God still is blessing and protecting him, but yet. He, 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 he's, he's in jail and he helps some other people get some hope or, and, and interprets them in dreams for them. But then he stays in jail for a couple more years. Then finally, Pharaoh has a dream. And then Joseph is asked, hey, can you interpret this dream for him, Joseph, uh, by, by divine uh, uh, intervention here, if you were, inspiration, guides him to interpret the dream for the Pharaoh. And he says, look, hey, there's going to be seven good years for the economy and for everything going on. And then there's going to be seven rough years. There's going to be a famine. It's going to be tough. And then he decides, hey, while I'm at it, let me give you some political and economic advice here for you. And as he does that, Pharaoh says, wow, that's really smart. I like you. And in fact, I like you so much. I want you to be second in command now of all of Egypt. You see God working, right? And then after that, what happens is Joseph's family comes over to Egypt, and we're just giving a brief summary. But long story short, Joseph forgives his brothers who sold him into slavery. His dad and all of them, they come on over, move into Egypt, get set up in a nice little posh spot over there in Egypt right there, and things are going well. But then Joseph's dad, Jacob, he dies, and now the brothers get scared. So let's take it up in Genesis chapter 50. You guys with me here? All right, so Genesis chapter 50, verse 15. Genesis chapter 50, verse 15. When Joseph's brothers saw that their faith was dead, they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? That's a legitimate question, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, you know, he's been nice to us, but now that Pops is gone, he might not be as nice anymore. Remember that thing we did to him? He might, he might still have some feelings about that. Not sure if Joseph went to therapy. You know what I'm saying? So then he asked a question. Makes sense. And they say here, uh, okay, verse 16. So they sent word to Joseph saying, your father left these instructions before he died. You know what's interesting is that we don't have on record that the father actually did this. Verse 17, this is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now, please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph got mad, threw them all in jail, and killed them one by one slowly. That's what it would have said if it was one of us, wouldn't it? It's, oh, yeah, yeah, Pops is gone. Oh, yeah, I've been waiting for this day. Who was the first one to throw me in? Who, whose idea was it to put me in slavery? You know what I'm saying? But that's not what it says. Okay, and that's good. All right, so let's continue reading. Uh, where are we? Verse 19, right? All right, all right, here we go. Uh, no, no, where are we at here? I'm sorry. Oh, when the mess came to him, Joseph wept. That's interesting, he wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good 
to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Then after that, Joseph actually, uh, he, he actually gets, he, he knows he's dying. He gets prepared to die. And he gives some instructions to his family to actually send his, his bones over to what, what, uh, what's going to be the promised land. And uh, send them ahead of time uh, for them. And so that's what takes place here. Now, we kind of captured Genesis chapters 37 through 50 by recapping, by going through the series and looking here at what took place. Here's what I want you to discuss here, okay? What legacy do you see from this entire story? What stands out to you when it comes to spiritual legacy when you look at the entire story? We're going to give you several minutes here to share. Again, let's have uh, groups of at least three to five be able to share. Go ahead. <laughs> and those online, go ahead and, and write it in the chat. All right, give you about two more minutes, two more minutes.
say I'm going to take care of your kids as well. Your kids are still and give them a legacy that they need to protect him immediately for you know, his family and the future of your family. All right, 30 more seconds, 30 more seconds. Okay. All right, let's get a couple people to share here. What was something that expressed, either you expressed or, or something that was uh, expressed in your discussion here that about the spiritual legacy that comes to mind when you think of this story here? And let's go ahead and uh, let's not have an adult from the family ministry share, okay? It was all of those last time. So we want some other ministries to go ahead and be able to share, amen? So let's go ahead and have some people share. What comes to mind for you about the legacy you see from this entire story? Oh, oh, okay, here we go, here we go, right here. I think Joseph could have let bitterness take root in everything that happened to him, but he didn't. When bad things happen to us, we can let bitterness take root in our soul. And that defines us in a certain way, but he didn't let that take root in his heart. That's what I think. Awesome. Amen. All right. She shared how bitterness, Joseph could have been bitter, couldn't he have? But he didn't allow that to rule him nor define him as that is can be the case for a lot of us there. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Clementina.
that way he did. And, um, but I also see how God has always had a plan and his plan is always perfect. And we learn from everything that God allows to, allows to, to be part of our lives. Anything that happens in my life, I know God has allowed it to happen and we have always learned from those either mistakes or those uh, things that happen. And so I think if you're focusing on what God wants you to learn and whatever you're going through, um, it, it always comes back in the right way. Okay, all right, thanks so much. She said, I don't think I have a family that would do such a thing. But if they did, I don't know if I could forgive the way he forgave. But then also, uh, God has a plan. And if we focus in on his plan, then obviously things will go better, but that'll help us as well. Let's get a, let's get a college student uh, and, and a high schooler. All right, let's get a college student and a high schooler here. All right, let's go ahead. Could you stand up, sir, please? Sing. If you can share with the group there, that'd be Oh, great. yeah. Uh, so for me, I pretty much got out of it just, like, being humble to God and, like, keeping your heart soft. Like, not having, trying to play God and, like, serving justice. Like, I know for me, easily, I could have, like, uh, when I got out of slavery, you know, gaslighting my brothers and everything. But, uh, yeah, just, like, just trusting God and just knowing that, you know, just a, with a little bit of faith, you know, God can really, like, work within you. So, Come on now. Trusting God, right? Is that that's what you said there, right? Yeah. For uh, and also obviously not taking vengeance, right? But being able to trust God, which which takes trust in God to not take vengeance, but to trust God through the whole situation there. Okay, awesome, appreciate it. All right, I don't think we got anybody from the professionals ministry to uh, to go ahead and share here. So let, let's get somebody from the professionals ministry to go ahead and share, please. All right, here we go. All right, let's go ahead, Betty. Awesome, awesome. So it talked about how he had joy despite the circumstance which led him to serve whatever the circumstance was there and obviously the trust that there was a bigger plan that God had in play there. Okay, awesome. Did we get a high schooler? We didn't get a high schooler? Okay, there you go. Everybody's calling you out. Eric, all right, here we go. Oh, they're actually, but Derek's a college student now. He graduated. He graduated. So there you go. So that's what happens when you try to pass the book. There you go. All right. Go ahead, Eric. I don't really have anything to say. Whatever you shared or something that was shared with you there. Um, there it is. Um, so I guess the legacy we saw was a legacy of forgiveness and perseverance through those trials of being wrong. Mm. The legacy of forgiveness, but not only forgiveness, but perseverance, especially during the trials of being wronged, right? Awesome. Good stuff there. Now, again, oh, Eric gets a big clap, huh? Okay. It's because he's leaving. It's because he's leaving. It's because he's leaving. Okay. 
We got mercy and grace. We call them out, and then we try to give them some love there. All right. Make them feel uncomfortable, then we, then we sandwich them with some love there. Here's a couple observations that I had here for us here, right? And so, again, I pray that, that whatever it is that God spoke to you, through you, through recapping, through looking at the scriptures, or maybe something else shared, I just want to share a couple observations I had about the legacy that I saw here from this story here. Number one, the spiritual legacy of being God-centered. And what I mean by being God-centered is that Joseph has this a, a crazy, like, view that, hey, God is actually involved in all this stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's incredible. He has this God-centered view that, hey, God is actually ruling, he's sovereign, and all these different types of things there. And he's spiritually minded there. Joseph had a godly view of his past, his present, and the future. Hey, all this that's happened, God was at work here. What? To have that type of godly perspective. Always remember that God was awesome and that he wasn't. Every time it was some, no, it, this is God who does this. This isn't me. Hey, hey, God is sovereign. God's in control. I'm not great. And then we see he's sovereign despite the unjust treatment. He could have been bitter, but he was still saw that, hey, God, you need to say God was gone and absent during those years when I was, when things were going wrong. No, God was using those. How can God use the bad? He said God was using this for something greater. I need that perspective. I don't know about you, but I don't have that perspective on a daily life. You know, when a car uh, gets a flat tire. When you get a call about something, you know, discouraging about a family member or a friend, or you have a health issue, I don't think God is using this. In fact, I think the opposite. God, where are you? Why are you allowing this to happen to me? Or sometimes we get the perspective, God, you're doing this to me. And we see this legacy of being God-centered. God's working. This is all part of a greater plan, and I'm still going to be joyful, and I'm still going to serve. Second thing that stood out to me, the spiritual legacy lasts for eternity. The spiritual legacy lasts for eternity. Joseph's spiritual legacy, it's bigger than just him and the people that he impacted at that moment. Did you catch that? It wasn't just about him and the generation in which he served or the generation who lived at his time or even the generation right after him. You know, he's listed in, in Hebrews 11. Many call it the Hall of Faith. It's kind of like the Hall of Fame of, of people in faith and throughout the years. And Joseph is listed in there. So the impact he has still applies to today in 2021. Look at the impact God had through him because here we are talking about what God did through him many years later. We're seeing this spiritual legacy last beyond the generation he saved people in the moment but the impact was for every generation going forward you see what happened is god had made this promise to abraham hey i'm going to use you i'm going to create like this crazy this awesome lineage of yours that's going to be a blessing to the whole world abraham didn't understand it but here it's threatened to not actually come to fruition unless joseph is used by God to save not only all the people in the known world in the Middle East at that time, but also this lineage of people that would become the nation of Israel, God's chosen people, which would lead to who? The Messiah Jesus. So you see here God using Joseph and the spiritual legacies. It is bigger than the here and the now. 
that it actually is about eternity. Remember 1 Corinthians 9.25. What does it say? Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. You know, the legacy is for eternity with God and also the impact that God will have through us. You know, this same legacy applies to you and me. God's dreams, his plan and will for our church and for our lives individually is not about just here and now in 2021 or this decade or the next decade. It's all part of a bigger plan for eternity. And that's the spiritual legacy. It goes beyond our generation. It's going to be to every generation till the day Jesus returns, but even beyond that in eternity as all the saints will be with the Father in heaven. And third observation, real quickly, the spiritual legacy is God's legacy, and it's not our legacy. The spiritual legacy is God's legacy. It's not your legacy, and it's not my legacy. You see, we can look at this and go, wow, Joseph was really cool. Yeah, he was really cool, but he's not the main character of the story. He's not the main character of the story. The people of Israel, some believe, you know, this is all setting up the, what, the nation of Israel. We're getting what's happening. That's they, even the nation of Israel is not the main character in the story. The main character in this story and in every story in all of creation since the day of creation until the day that creation is transformed forever is God. He's the main character. And you step back and you look and you go, yeah, wow, Joseph. But no, it was God working, weaving in all these different things, working in, through, and despite circumstances to accomplish his kingdom dreams. And so the legacy is not about you and it's not about me. The legacy is about God. His will, his dream, his vision, his kingdom being accomplished in our lifetime and beyond. Are you with me, church? You see, we are blessed to be participants in God's divine work here on earth. We get a chance to participate with the King of Kings. And not only, again, does it apply to us today, but it applies all the way until all of eternity. So here's the question for every single one of us. What's your legacy going to be? Is it going to be spiritual? Is it going to be worldly? Something of this, uh, 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 something of the earth here. Or is it going to be God's legacy through you, or is it going to be about your own legacy? I believe the call for the hour for every single one of us that God's been leading us up to over the last several weeks and beyond is for us to go ahead and go beyond the gold. That was the series title. That's what we'll be doing, going beyond the gold. You know, our walk with God is like the Olympic Games, so we need to view it and therefore participate like it is a spiritual Olympic Games. That means we need to have God's dreams. Not our own dreams on the forefront of our mind and our hearts. We need to see what are the kingdom dreams that he has and then pursue his dreams for our lives and for the church. Then we need to go ahead and and, and then we need to train spiritually. The scriptures say train yourself to be godly, right? And so we need to have our own training. We need to have practices that help us to be men and women of character, men and women of God. That means, yes, I read my Bible because this trains me. Yes, I pray because God is forming me into his likeness. I'm growing closer to him. Yes, I connect with the church. I meet with the body. I encourage the brothers and sisters because this is spiritual training. And it's accomplishing his will, not mine. 
Then we go ahead and then we compete spiritually. That means we give it our all when it comes to the spiritual battle. We don't go here and bow well. We don't shrink. No, we give it our all because why? God is sovereign. Yes, there's going to be a tussle. Yes, there's going to be losses here and there. But there's a victory at stake. And then we rejoice in the victory as we become part of God's plan to be victorious and be a blessing to others. And we get to marvel at, wow, look at this. We have an eternal relationship with God. Others have a eternal relationship with God. Wow, this is glorious. And we remember God is victorious. He is the victor. He will come through no matter what the situation is now, tomorrow, or the next week. And then we get a chance to be a part of his Legacy. Again, it's not about our legacy, but his legacy. We participate in what he's doing. And what do we do? That means we need to go ahead and make sure our mindset, our focus, our heart is about his legacy and not ours. And then again, we participate in his good work. That means being God-centered. And that remembers that our lives is not just for us, but for him. And then for him to use us to be a blessing for those around us. So I know the Olympics are over for us. We're going to have our final Olympic challenge of the week. The Olympics are over physically over in Tokyo. I think, yeah, it's already been done, right? But we'll watch it later on tonight. And so we've been given Olympic challenges for the week. And I pray, I pray that we've actually been doing some of these. But even if not, I want to give you this challenge here. If you're visiting here with us today, I want to give you encouragement to go ahead and study the Bible and find out what in the world was this man talking about. Study the Bible and say, you know what, I, I want to know more about this idea of how the faith is like the spiritual Olympics. How, how can I participate? How can I be a part of God's legacy? How can I make sure his legacy comes to fruition in and through around me? But those who are members of the church, here's the encouragement here and challenge here for you this week here. And that is to go ahead and go over your notes here from the last five weeks and then pray, God, what steps do you want me to take now? It's real simple. You say, well, I didn't take any notes. Well, amen, you can repent and take notes from here on out. You can go ahead and go back online. You can go ahead and remember, but go ahead and, and absorb. God, what have you been saying to me over the last five weeks, and now what do you want me to do practically? Because, again, what we're talking about here is not just good theory. It's not just feel good. Oh, let's get emotional. Let's get, it, let's get, let's get inspired. But, no, it's supposed to transform us into the likeness of Christ and for us to be aligned with his will. Are you with me, church? So, again, you're visiting here with this. Go ahead. Study the Bible out. Find out more about your faith and how you can participate. And members, let's go ahead. Let, 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 let's review what has God been saying to me over the last five weeks and what are the practical steps I need to take now. We're going to take communion. You should have received one of the little cups there uh, that has the, 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 the emblems of Jesus' body and blood. We take this in remembrance of his sacrifice that led to our salvation. Without question, we can see that Jesus is the ultimate example of spiritual legacy. Us being here is the fruit of his legacy. But we also see that Jesus models the spiritual legacy. He went and he was about God's will over his own in the flesh. He sacrificed for others that led to our forgiveness, and his impact obviously is eternal. I want to close out in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Hey, give me an amen when you get there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. I believe this, this captures the spiritual legacy that Jesus has had and is having today and an inspiration for all of us as we are in Christ Jesus. 
2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Are you there? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 reads, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. Amen to that. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this chance to remember Jesus, to take communion, to be reminded of the spiritual legacy that Jesus has and continues to have. God, we're grateful that we get a chance to participate in your goodwill. We're thankful for Jesus modeling all these things for us. The dream, the training, the competing, the victory, and the legacy. And God, we thank you that he is all that and more. And God, we submit to you. We love you. We appreciate you. We're inspired by you. And God, we ask that as we take this moment, as we reflect, we're inspired again about who you are and we're led to you in a closer, intimate relationship with you, but also with greater faith to take steps out to do your will. Thank you so much for your plan. God is, is great. No man can have created this. And we're so grateful that you have revealed your plan to us and we get a chance to respond. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.